0: Jordan? Ian? Who went on an amazing journey, guided by extraterrestrials, flying through the universe, observing all of the wonders it had to offer, but mid flight took a pee break, only to abruptly discover that they'd been dreaming? Randy Newman? No! Two guys! What? <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to episode 61 of Two Guys What's Up, the weekly comedy podcast where today I've got to be a little bit delicate because this guy ain't feeling so good. Jordan, Jordan, what's going on, pal? I'm
1: sinusy. Oh, buddy. I've got a dry cough and a
0: headache. Too many cocktails?
1: <laughs> Unfortunately not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did enjoy some cocktails last night, as you know full well. Yeah,
0: I got the images to prove it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can tell though, prior to that cocktail, <clears throat> I decided yesterday evening because long story short, both Sophie, duck song lady, and myself are not very well. Oh. And so we ended up actually cancelling our gig last night that it was due. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's not very like us at all, especially Sophie. She was like, oh, we'll just do it. But she texted me that morning, she was like, I don't think we can do it. No. And anyway, luckily the venue got a replacement act on and all was good, so they were really nice about it. That's cool. But anyway, because I had an unexpected night off, mm-hmm. that evening, I said to my wife, oh, in fact, she might have said to me, I really fancy some cocktails. And I was like, let's do it. <laughs> so I decided to get in the car. Hell. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I decided to drive But it was my wife's car, because that was the first off the drive. Naturally. And I forgot that, unlike my car, the headlights don't come on automatically.
0: Oh, no. So you drove to whatever (laughs) shop
1: you went to with no headlights? Yeah. It's uh, about two miles past a police station (laughs) (laughs) without them on. (laughs) So, luckily, I corrected that on the way back, I'll have you know.
0: Perfect. Good. (laughs) At least you learned from your mistakes, then. That's that's good to know, Jordan. I
1: did. And then I could put all my faux pas to one side and just get drunk home get smashed
0: yeah cocktail time ahoy
1: perfect and then also tonight i came into my studio ready to record for just now Mm -hmm. i sat down i was like hell it's a bit chilly and i thought maybe it was just me feeling a bit poorly and no actually it turns out i left the studio window partly ajar and it's like one degree outside (laughs) (laughs) so now your room is also one degree yeah that'll certainly do it (laughs) But anyway so yeah my head's not quite in the game but i'm down for it we'll be fine
0: well that is Good, Jordan, because today, there's no time for quiet talk, because it's time to get mental. Uh Uh-oh. Well, Jordan, you see, today, to celebrate episode 61 of the World's Favourite Podcast, (laughs) we have a very special episode planned, a little different from the norm, and a topic that we've both been quite excited to talk about for quite a while. Oh, yes, and I know what
1: this is, but go on, tell everybody.
0: Well, Jordan, today... A two guys what's up presentation Jordan and Ian would like to welcome you all to episode 1 of something new and Jordan just before we get into it I've been brainstorming some names for the segment so I'd just like to get your uh, your input on them if that's alright Okay yeah please <laughs> Okay right so name number 1 Two guys what's the discussion up about today <laughs> uh, Yeah okay right so that's that's potential one okay right there uh, second one if you, you're not feeling that it's fine it's fine i've got a couple more two guys pod discussion cast nah, i'm not feeling that one no Nah. okay all Right. right i've got one more for you this one this has got to do it two pod guys talk about what's up about some things cast i see it just
1: rolls off the tongue doesn't
0: yeah, it i thought that, <laughs> that was my favorite yeah? Just because you said it perfectly as well <laughs> but, Mate, what What do you honestly expect from me?
1: Nothing but perfection uh, You are dictionary definition of perfect <laughs> Exactly uh, Even Ed Sheeran wrote that song
0: about you, didn't he? Which one? Perfect yeah, I, I wouldn't know <laughs> Never listen to the guy <laughs> So, um, any of them names then doing it for you? Um, I'm not sure Alright, forget it then! The name's not important, right? But what is important is actually what we're going to be discussing Okay Today we are going to be talking about one of the biggest names in ufology Taylor Swift. <laughs> Oh, shit, no, sorry. My phone accidentally switched to Apple Music for a second. F***ing hell, silly me. Uh, Sorry. that's why. (laughs) I meant to say Bob Lazar. Oh, yeah. Bob Lazar, I find him a fascinating character, though. Mm, I did, until I did a little research on the guy. But, John, saying that, as we go into this, I don't want you coming into it with any kind of preformed ideas about this guy or his claims. I just want to have the discussion, and at the end, we can make an informed decision like two adults. Okay, sound good? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. Bob Lazar, born Robert Scott Liarface Lazar <laughs> What what, is, what?
1: What's the problem? I uh, no, I've done a bit of research myself, and I, that never came up. Funny enough,
0: I didn't know. That's where I, I must have, you know, looked in those little corners of the internet, which was on my side. But uh, he was born on January twenty sixth, nineteen fifty nine, and is labelled an American conspiracy theorist because of his claims that he was hired in the nineteen eighties to reverse engineer extraterrestrial technology. This work supposedly occurred at a secret site called S four, a location that works closely with a United States Air Force facility several kilometers. South of it That you might know As Area 51 Oh yeah So is it like Area 51.5 Or something like that
1: It's, it's S4 Okay Area 50 S4 <laughs>
0: No no It's like We're both humans But I'm called Ian You're called Jordan Both a facility Once called Area 51 Once called S4 But still fucking fun to be inside <laughs> How would you know <laughs> Oh, wait. Are you talking about me?
1: Oh, you are perfect.
0: I thought you were talking about Area 51. I love being in there. Then I remembered that steamy night of passion we had the other night, and I was like, oh, silly me. Obviously, he's talking about me.
1: That's why I'm full of lurgy. <laughs> hey, I'm not contagious, pal. Hey, right, it's worth it.
0: So let's start early and with one of my favorite points of blatant bullface lying.
1: Okay, right. From the get-go, yeah. so obviously I know what your stance is immediately.
0: No, no. I didn't say anything. I've i made
1: no claims of believing in one way or the other or not. I don't even need to read between the lines at this point. <laughs> Why, John? Why ever? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was it Bob Liarface, Face or whatever it was. That's his name. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Whereas I feel like I'm on the other side of the fence a little bit.
0: Okay, I think I said this to you earlier, but when you hear my my last few paragraphs wrapping the story up, I think you'll probably fall off that fence straight into my side.
1: Okay. All right, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's not rush ahead. Are you okay with me occasionally interjecting too?
0: Uh, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't, because um obviously you're going to be like, "Oh, we used to work with aliens and stuff," and you know that's just not true. Oh right, okay. We don't like to spread disinformation on this podcast. You know, we're all about the truth, getting to the bottom of things. That's fine. So just keep it to yourself if you wouldn't mind. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, in all honesty, interject all you want. No, I'm not going to bother now. <laughs> Sod it. <laughs> oh, Fuck you then. <laughs> right. You know what? Actually, I'm off. I'm hanging up. (laughs) You you can't leave me, I quit. (laughs) You're like, yeah, f*** it, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. So, getting into it. Lazar's online biography says that he graduated from high school late, the bottom third of his class, the only science class he took was chemistry, and later he attended Pierce Junior's College in Los Angeles. So, how would a guy of this education level come to work at such a top-secret, high-clearance, important facility? Well, old Robbie tells a different story. Lazar boasts that he gained a master's degree in physics from MIT, and another in electronics from Caltech, two rather prestigious names in academia, but those universities claim to have zero trace of him. Even Stanton T. Friedman and Ronald R. Prothero, two science sleuths, argue that someone with Lazar's high school CV could not wiggle their way into either school. When pressed for details about his MIT and Caltech days, Lazar tries his best to convince you by name-dropping one of his Caltech professors, William Duxler, who turned out was a teacher at Pierce Junior College, not Caltech or MIT. Friedman, rather obnoxiously, said, quite obviously, if one can go to MIT, one doesn't go to... Pierce and records do show that while Lazar was at Pierce he was more than 2,500 miles away from MIT where he claimed to be going at that time.
1: Maybe that's just what this government have rewritten the history books about.
0: Okay, right. So explain that to me. How how would they do that? Just a massive cover up now. Because you're touching on my next point, which is my favourite part about it. Okay, and that is when asked why Lazard didn't feature in any of the yearbooks from either of the schools, he said that one of the three letter agencies, FBI, probably CIA, supposedly scrubbed his name from the records and files of the schools, so no proof could be found of his attendance. Which you know is what you said is a cover up. you know, that scrubbed his name from it so no one can ever actually find out that he went there. But A, why the f**k would they do that, and B, there would be yearbooks, class photos, certificates. The CIA or whoever it was wouldn't have been able to remove his picture and name from every yearbook and every class photo ever given to every student around the US.
1: Yeah, I fully understand that. I guess the theoretical side of that would be, if that were true, yeah. and they did erase him from history, as it were, mm-hmm. I guess that's just to spread disinformation, to make it seem like he would be a nut job and that don't listen to him because he never really went there. Yeah. It would make sense. In a way
0: It makes sense You know uh, Coming from his side Of the story For them to do that Because then it would Make it look like His past is more As he's trying to Sell you on You know I worked here And, and they didn't Want you to know that So they scrubbed My name from the records right. But he had Hundreds of classmates Couldn't they just Track down any other person He was at school with At that time And go Can I borrow your yearbook yep page 58 science man of the year bob lazar there he is yeah there, there's your proof he went to the school oh but though if you got a class photo there i am like they couldn't have gone around every single student what are they are going to do like break into their house in the middle of the night and f-ing tip x his name out to, like draw a little mustache on his face like no one will recognize him now
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah. i think they also erased that picture about the front with his jet-powered
0: honda <laughs> I'm going to touch on that in a second. So, well, knowledge is that a word? Thanks. It is now in my dictionary. It describes me. I'm adding that to my dictionary. <laughs> Knowledged. Jordan. Uh, next to it is perfect, Ian. So, how did Mister Lazar get this job? So, BL—that's his initials. Uh, I think it stands for Big Lion. <laughs>
1: Just Buzz Lightyear came to mind as well
0: (laughs) I don't know why Well, you know, he's talking about space And maybe that's where they got the initials from, yeah Space Man. He says that he worked in Los Alamos in a lab in 1982 And at this time, he built himself a rocket-powered car Of all things, as you mentioned, Jordan One day, he was driving to work And there was nothing to do And it just so happened that there was a talk being held And presented by Ed Teller who is the father of the hydrogen bomb, so he asked if he could go and watch the talk. He was allowed, he turned up early, and wouldn't you know it, stood outside reading a local newspaper featuring Bob about his jet-powered car was Ed Teller himself. He said, yeah, I'm the guy on the front of that paper that you're reading about there. They got talking, and that was that, the end of the interaction. But a few years later, Bob moved to Las Vegas and saw a job advertised, and he thought, you know what, f*** it, I'll go for it. He sent a letter asking for a reference from Ed Teller, saying, I'm the guy with the rocket-powered car you spoke to. And with that, he was essentially in. He had gotten himself a job, and at one of the most secretive places on the face of the goddamn planet, nonetheless.
1: John Bull Rock Factory. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's not true.
0: So, John, does anything feel a bit off about that?
1: Anything a bit weird? I don't know. I mean, depends how you define weird, I suppose.
0: Okay, let me give you a scenario. Let's say you're at a gig. It's one that you haven't cancelled. You've decided to do your job for once. <laughs> you sat there, you're playing away, right? And at the end, you're packing up. You're like, yeah, Sophie, that was a super cool shit. Then Sophie's like, Is that, Jordan? that was a really cool gig. If you, like, bugged us or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm there every night. I'm that guy with the mustache drawn oh, on, yeah, yeah, so you can't recognize me
1: It looks like you've got Tipex on your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: But all of a sudden, right, this guy comes up to you out of nowhere and he's got a bass in his hand. And he's like, see this bass? Yeah, I put some new humbuckers in it, some different pickups. And you're like, whoa, man, that's cool. And then he walks away. And then five years later, he sends you a letter saying, hey, remember that gig? I was that guy who put those new pickups in that bass. Would you give him a reference? Would you even remember him? Would you give a f-?
1: <laughs> Right. I think there's a significant difference to putting new pickups on a bass or a guitar compared to adding a jet to your Honda.
0: Okay, right. He said he drove this car around daily, right? Right. So, A, how would it be road legal? B, that's the only point I've got about it. <laughs> C, okay. there's another one. Like, why <laughs> Why would he do it to his own car? Like, If it was a, a, a science experiment that he was doing for work... Why wouldn't they have a a car provided? And, of course, he just wouldn't... Where would he get the parts? What, his car's just now got rocket fuel in it? And he's allowed to just drive it round? It's not a fucking hazard? Uh, Well, hey, I mean, I didn't do it. (laughs) And neither did he! (laughs) It's a bit more
1: complex, I would imagine, than installing a couple of new pickups, though.
0: Okay, yeah, right. Well, that was maybe a bit of a a less grandiose example. But my point still stands. Like, if you had a, a little interaction with someone... Would you then, like, give them a reference? Like, he doesn't know his credentials from that discussion. He didn't say, oh, that's a cool car, yeah, I'm reading about you right now. By the way, what's your entire educational history, please? Just in case you ever want a reference from me in the future. You know, they just had a little interaction and he left. Like, why would he care about this guy and then give him a reference?
1: Maybe thought of him as a little kind of interesting Buzzy year character. <laughs> a big fucking
0: bald-faced lying character. <laughs> I
1: don't know what you mean.
0: What he meant by is, I've installed a rocket in my car, is he had a Nerf gun in his backseat that he's stellataped to the headrest.
1: I mean, it's a bit of an eccentric thing, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And to say like he's kind of riding on that as his main achievement up until then is a bit strange, I think. Like, if he's working in a science lab, creating new things and discovering new things, why would he just be like, I'd put a rocket in my car?
1: (laughs) To be honest, it's a bigger achievement than I've ever had. I
0: don't know, mate. I had several Nerf guns in my car at once, and I don't go around spurting it around to random scientists. No, you just do it to the general populace. (laughs) Yeah, it was me that came up to you at that gig. I installed a rocket on my base.
1: No one's ever really known about our little Arnold Schwarzenegger thing, have they?
0: Yeah, we've mentioned it before. Have we? Yeah. The little
1: running joke of the bass <laughs> solos. I even sent you the other day a stupid poster that I adapted because <laughs> it said <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger workshops. It was like bass <laughs> solos. And you were like, yeah. what? Is that real? <laughs> I
0: was like, no. It looked so real. It was so good. I was like, I was sat there thinking like, fuck. No, we got to go to this. It's so close to us. Like, why have we not got tickets?
1: Maybe you'll have to post that or something. I was thinking, yeah, we'll stick on the Instagram, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe it was just Darnie after all.
0: Oh, hey, are you that renowned scientist Ed Teller? Yes, yes, it's me. <laughs> I've come for the talk. Oh, wow. I've I've got a Nerf gun in my car. That's so cool. I'll give you a reference in 10 years. <laughs>
1: I, I've got guns in my
0: arms. <laughs> I have some guns as well. This one's lefty, this one's righty. <laughs> it's called righty, because it right. <laughs> I think
1: you do it really
0: well. No, thank you. thank you. I wish I could hear my wife say that just once.
1: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: So, anyway, fast forward. He is now at his new job at S4. He said that his job was to reverse engineer an alien spacecraft. That at first viewing, he thought oh, a secret new plane, but was later let in on what secrets he needed to know in order to complete the task that he'd been assigned, to figure out how the reactor from the craft got power and propulsion. And with this, he knew he was working on something extraterrestrial. But why not think, oh, that's an interesting secret human technology I didn't know he had. Like, when he saw the UFO in the first place, he was like, wow, a secret plane I've never known about. And when they presented him with this technology, he was just like, aliens. (laughs)
1: I think you're overlooking a lot of details in his story now. Oh, go on, fill me in then, please, Jordan, change my mind. <laughs> I don't think I can change your mind. but no, go for it, mate. You seem so sure of yourself. <laughs> See? You know how you can really go off people?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go and start a podcast with your pal Bobby?
1: <laughs> what, Mr Buzz Lightyear?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mr <Ball-faced> Lion Lightyear.
1: <laughs> I think I will. <laughs> I can't speak for him, of course, but as far as I'm aware, he only put that connection really because it defied all laws of how we know things to work on Earth.
0: Yeah, but your first thought, I mean, I watched the interview, right, so I'm not just making this up and and connecting the dots. I watched him say, like, first glance of looking at it, I knew we were working with something extraterrestrial. It's like, surely you'd go, did we make this? How the f*** did we do this? There are laws of physics. How are we breaking them? And then someone would have gone, that's an alien technology, mate. And he'd have gone, oh, shit. You know, Mm. not just like, holy shit, alien technology. Like, if a caveman came to our time and looked at my fucking iMac, he's not going to go, aliens. He's just going to be like, whoa, this is crazy. How did humans
1: do this? How do you know? I mean, you might go, that seems like an out of this world thing.
0: Well, I mean, that's different from saying aliens did it. But I mean, is it really? Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Uh You're very sure. I've done a lot of research. So, when he got down to it, Lazar said that he found that the propulsion of the UFO was run off of an antimatter reactor. But what was this futuristic device powered by? Fossil fuel? Grape juice? Hopes and dreams? No! It was fueled by a chemical element with the atomic number of 115, or element 115, which did not exist on Earth at the time. Yeah, so, I mean, there's yeah, a couple right, Yeah, so, uh, go on, fill me in on this. Go <laughs> on, fill me in on this, Jordan. I want to hear your evidence. I want to hear your proof, pal. So, I can't wait to fucking douse it all <laughs> with piss. If it was a
1: jellyfish sting, that would be
0: lovely. It's not. It's evidence. supposed It's <laughs> <Okay. evidence>, bald-faced <laughs> lies.
1: Yeah, he had this, I'm going to call it, anti-gravity device.
0: Reactor, he said. Uh, yes. God, yeah. Do your research, Jordan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There was apparently only, like, basketball-sized or something like that. It was, yeah, it was indeed. And it was that when it was activated, it emitted essentially an anti-gravity field so that you couldn't go near it. Yes. Was how he described it, which I guess is what would have lifted the supposed craft and and allowed it to move around. Mm -hmm. And this element 115, a bit like what you said, was the fuel for that. And like you mentioned, it wasn't on the periodic table at the time Mm -hmm. when he mentioned it... I've written as 88, 89, and it wasn't discovered until 2004, or at least it wasn't
0: brought to light until then. Yeah, 2003. That's an interesting thing, though, isn't it? It's an interesting made-up thought, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, you see, John, from the research that I did, that I've got written here, it says the element was named Ununpentium and had never even been dreamt of before. But to everyone's surprise, except Lazar, at least to look at, Element fifteen, like you said, was actually synthesised in two thousand and three in a lab in Moscow, prompting its name to be changed to Moscovium. I assume
1: you meant elephant, elephant (laughs) element one fifteen as opposed to fifteen. Yes,
0: of course I did. Perfect. I just thought I'd um, change it up a bit, see if you catch me out. You know, because you're so good at catching people out on lies, Jordan. I am exactly.
1: You know, (laughs) this kind of thing would not slip by me. (laughs) You observant (laughs) bastard. And also, Elephant 115, f***ing huge.
0: Yeah, grey as well, just like the aliens. Yeah, uh, but not as fun to ride. (laughs) What? Aliens are f***ing great to ride. (laughs) They'll give you the time of your life. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Some interesting propulsion.
0: <laughs> so Lazar said, like you said, Jordan, that the propulsion system relied on a stable isotope of element 115, which would then generate gravity wave that allowed the UFO to fly and do all that cool shit that we've seen them do over the past X amount of years. So did the fact that it was actually synthesized mean that I've been wrong about our guy, Bob? And was he telling the truth all along? I mean, obviously. No! Stable isotopes of muscovium have not been synthesized. All attempts have been extremely radioactive, decaying in a few hundred milliseconds. Bob was saying that the reactor requires a stable isotope of it, so we did create it, but it's so radioactive it decays... In a hundredth of a second. Right, okay. So it's on the periodic table, but it's never been touched, used, or anything because as soon as it's made, essentially, it's gone. I mean, surely if it had been synthesized, they could have maybe even tried to do it right next to the reactor that they've got at Area 51 to just be like, oh, well, uh, let's try it in there, see if it works but I've never heard nothing about that. So,
1: again, you have to take this as if what he's saying is true in order to ask these questions, but...
0: Do I have
1: to? You have to role-play a moment. You enjoy that normally. (laughs) Bob Lazar has explained before that when this craft is active, if you want to call it that, it emits this sort of gravitational field that basically bends time and therefore light, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, if you stood underneath said craft and looked up, apparently you wouldn't see a thing. Yes. And so for that to be a a thing, again, assuming he is saying the truth, Mm -hmm. then they must have a working form of this stuff.
0: That's very true, yeah. They must have it. So why not just double check the one that they've created or synthesised in Moscow and put it next to the one that they've got already sitting there? I mean, who's to say they haven't at this point? Well, Bob Lazar seems to know everything
1: else about it, so... I mean, this is from the 80s, though, isn't it?
0: To be honest, a little later, I'll explain why, but it is theorised that he's got some in his house. What, like a little trinket? Just a little scoop of it. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd want that in my house. He put it in an ice cream cone one day and just walked out with it. Everyone just thought he was having a mint choc chip ice cream. <laughs>
1: yeah, I thought that mint was glowing a bit though.
0: <laughs> nice day for an ice cream, Steve. <laughs> yeah, Bob. <laughs> Are you going to have a lick, then? Um. Not right now.
1: <laughs> oh God! You know, like people are sometimes drug mules. Yeah, I think he did that. He's an element fifteen mule. <laughs> <laughs> element one fifteen. I'll have you know.
0: What do I keep saying? Element fifteen. Oh, f- <laughs> hell! Shows <the laughs> how much research I've done, doesn't it? Who's the barefaced liar now? <laughs> So, Jordan, yes, just like you said, let's just go along with it for now. Lazar said that the reactor he studied was a sphere that emanated a force field, capable of repulsing everything, including his touch, like two reverse poles of a magnet. He explained that the craft was split into two levels, the reactor was positioned at the top centre, and using an antenna, reached up to three gravity amplifiers, these connected to gravity emanators on the lower level, which can rotate 108 degrees to output an anti-gravity wave that the craft would then sort of just kind of travel on. Kind of like riding a distortion field, and that is how they fly. Yeah, okay. That makes total sense in this truth. In this very true story, told by one of of the biggest liars in history, (laughs) nonetheless.
1: (laughs) <laughs> he mentioned that when he worked on it, that, that there was an ominous feeling inside of it, and he said that it was a dark pewter colour, there were
0: no right angles. That must have been a horrible workplace for the aliens who had to fly it. Yeah, I mean, they'd be like camouflage, wouldn't they? <laughs> no, I mean, like the ominous feeling, like, oh, man, we've got to travel to Earth, get in this ship. like, oh, fucking you know, hell, this is horrible. Maybe they
1: loved it. Not possible, that's like sex for them. Maybe, they, you know, they go on a Boeing 747, and they're like, you hell, know, this is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, oh, I hate this comfort and luxury. God, so many colors. <laughs> <laughs> free nuts! (laughs) It must be awful for them. (laughs) And yeah, he said that there was no right angles, that everything looked like it was fused together, and he likened it to being as if it was made out of wax and melted for a moment so there were no visible joins, Mm -hmm. and that it was either metal or ceramic, but either way it was cold to the touch. And interestingly, again, whether you believe it or not, it's just something he said. He said that it seemed to be designed for a being that's much smaller in height. Yeah, like kids. Exactly. Uh, Or or aliens. <gasps> what? So Lazar was five foot ten, and he could only just stand up straight towards the very centre of the craft. Right. And he said, therefore, it must have been for a being, basically half his height. <laughs> And he tried to work out the size of the craft and he came to the conclusion that it was roughly the size of 52 feet in diameter, which is about 15 metres.
0: Okay, so in this scientific laboratory where they're trying to figure out how this fucking thing works, they didn't have a tape measure. Well, I, I
1: guess if, uh, if he's been pulled to try and work out how certain things are done, it, maybe he doesn't have one of those things to hand.
0: I'm sure he can ask for one. Barry, you got a tape measure, Paul? <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. It died in an explosion.
1: <laughs> well, again, following in the narrative that maybe you don't want to be getting too many details possibly they wouldn't have wanted to provide that and maybe he wouldn't want to ask
0: okay well i guess we can't take his word for it then <laughs> shut up bobby
1: <laughs> and he said that the main level which just described to you now had the reactor in the very center of it and around it there were three equidistant seats and that was it. So, like, there were no control panels, there were no buttons, no colours, no lights, there was no toilet, no decorative components, anything that you would liken to what you would fly in our world.
0: Yeah, a lot of um speculation about crafts is they are linked to your consciousness, so you, you yeah. fly them with the power of thought.
1: Exactly. Which would kind of make sense if, you know, again, if this was real, that mm-hmm. it's not anything to do with us.
0: I like your word in there. <laughs>
1: Don't push me. (laughs) (laughs) And that the lower level had the three gravity amplifiers and gravity emitters, but there was no space to actually move around. And he said he had to sort of hang his torso upside down just to kind of have a look and try and reverse engineer what was going on. And then the upper level had essentially like a navigation or their version of maybe a computer with some black panels. Mm -hmm. Lazar said that he basically is guessing that that was used as as a way to scan and maybe determine its position in the air. Or maybe it's a microwave. You never know, they might get hungry.
0: Speculation, Bobby. Shut your face. <laughs>
1: you know, you're travelling that far, I guess you have got to get a bit peckish.
0: That's why they keep making the uh, the crop circles, remember? Because they, they emit the radiation. <laughs> that is true. They've got the rustlers in their hand all the way to Earth. They make a crop circle, cook it, Eat it.
1: How do they taste? Meaty. Do they? Oh, yeah. A little bit wheaty. The
0: wheat does tinge the flavour a little bit.
1: Does it? Yeah. Not quite as nice as a full farmhouse loaf, though.
0: Oh, God, no. You know, they could just go to Tesco and get a brand new Rustlers, but... (laughs) Whatever.
1: Anyone that has no clue what's happening, that was, I think, bonus episode one where we spoke about that. Yes, crop circles. Absolutely. Crop
0: circles and the world's most stupidest questions. Yeah. Sitting right there for your audible entertainment from just £3 a month.
1: Oh, yeah. Go to patreon.com forward slash two guys whats up and your life will be forever more beautiful for it.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: <laughs> and just to go back a little bit, he said that even when this craft was in flight, it never got hotter than ambient temperature, despite the immense power. Which, of course, is just something that is not possible in our hmm. understanding of things.
0: So does, does he actually say that he flew in one? No. Well, you f-
1: know that then. Because, of course, the craft will have been in the air, done its manoeuvres, settled back down, and it was still cold to the touch.
0: From my understanding, I was never aware that they could get to fly it at all.
1: Uh, I don't have this in my notes, but I do remember he said that he was stood next to somebody who was on a walkie-talkie to whoever was piloting it, oh, right. and he said that that is impossible because of the gravitational propulsion, that radio waves should not be able to travel into it.
0: Oh, how funny. Yeah, kind of sounds a uh, little bit made up there. <laughs>
1: Oh, do you mean like aliens and stuff in general, the paranormal?
0: Um, no, Jordan. You exist. So why can't aliens? This is just one man's story. So why can't this exist? Because he's talking bollocks. He's he's contradicting himself at every point. Oh, some guy was on the walkie-talkie, which wasn't possible. At least he got his story straight
1: with element 115.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm the liar. I'm lying. Bobby Boy's the truth man. Yeah. Now you're on board. The men in black got to me. They paid me off to tell this fucking hit piece. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: I knew it. God.
0: Lazar said when he joined the program, he read the documents designed to brief him on what his job was that described Earth's 10,000 year long historical involvement with grey aliens hailing from a planet orbiting the twin binary star system Zeta Reticuli.
1: Oh, yeah, we've heard about this before.
0: We have? And uh, I just want to bring up one little point about that. Okay, go on. In an interview with Joe Rogan, he said the craft was split into many different parts. So... One part, like he was working on the power and propulsion, there'd be other parts working on a different bit, but none of them really interconnected unless they needed to be. So like uh, if one part was intimately connected to, say, the steering of the craft, they would have some sort of ties together. So each part of study of different parts of the craft was compartmentalised. So one would have the windscreen wipers, one would have the accelerator, one would have the steering wheel, and none of the two should meet.
1: Yes, got you.
0: So no one's got a full picture of the entire craft, but... If one was, say, related to another, then they might have some contact.
1: Yeah, which feels totally against any real science, doesn't it?
0: Well, I mean, you know, the military, they have to sort of keep it all silenced. Yeah, I get that. You know, you wouldn't want one person knowing every aspect of it, because then they could just run and sell secrets or tell the press or whatever. So, if one person's got one bit of information, and then they go, uh, I worked on an alien craft. I was part of the power and propulsion system. And then they go, okay, what about any other part of it? And they go, I don't know. And they go, okay, you're a fucking liar. Much as I have done but that's beside the point <laughs> yeah those wankers <laughs> what the point i'm trying to make is he said that all that information was so restricted to the need to know basis so why in the fucking hell did they sit him down and tell him about the ten year long historical involvement with alien greys and where they came from yeah i guess
1: i mean potentially the chap that divulged that just had a really good day <laughs>
0: you know what I'm feeling good. Have some secret information. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Here's a bit of element 115. Stick it in your
0: pocket. (laughs) Stick it in that cone right there. (laughs) Yeah, they'll never know. (laughs) But as he said that they came from Zeta Reticuli, a big fat zero planets have been found in the Zeta Reticuli system. Maybe we've not been looking in the right place. Well, science says that the Zeta Reticuli system is... Far too young of a system. About 1.5 billion years old. That's long enough, you might think. Well, guess again. It took 500 million to 1 billion years for even the first cell to evolve here on our blue marble. And around 3 billion years more for complex multicellular life to even show its ugly noggin. So, they're like, oh yeah, on this planet they've got greys that are so far advanced and the star system is like half the age of ours. Well,
1: I mean, potentially. They just had more stuff
0: in their Weetabix. (laughs) Pfft. <laughs> okay, you've you've swayed me. <laughs>
1: Just a few more vitamins.
0: I guess, though, in order to have all these things, they'd have to have a planet to live on, which they don't, so...
1: (laughs) that we know of. Maybe they've got a massive anti-gravity field all around their planet. We just don't see it.
0: Right. Surely that would push light away, though, and we'd be able to measure light disturbances. Space
1: is very dark. Maybe it's a massive black hole.
0: Well, then no no one would be able to live on that. I don't know. They might be having a great time. It would really suck. So, I just got a little weird story for you here. While wandering the halls of S4 one day, Bob said that he took a glance through a door window and saw what he said was two guys dressed in lab coats, looking downward, talking to something small with long arms. Three decades later, though, when questioned, he said that he did not think they were talking to an alien, but rather they were talking to a doll used to reference the size of the spooky aliens. So, yeah, that makes total sense. These guys were just in there interrogating a doll.
1: (laughs) Maybe it was that chap who played that ewok in star wars oh
0: god what's his name now warwick davis is warwick, it? warwick davis that's the guy <laughs> where do you come from i was just a homemate. you abducted me <laughs> like they
1: were already filming
0: star wars down the
1: road in the desert
0: <laughs> there's one he's escaped get him <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like they took him out of his costume
0: and... <laughs> oh my god they've infiltrated us so well they even look like us get in the van no no i'm an actor yeah that's what they all say <laughs>
1: And now, forever, it's just a uh, replacement Warwick Davis that we see. yeah. yeah. Same thing happened to Paul McCartney.
0: Oh, okay, God, yeah, I want to talk about that someday. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Just for you. Like, I'm really beat up about it. I just need some one to one time if that's all right. Do
1: you? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. That can be your therapy. I
0: miss the real Paul McCartney.
1: <laughs> Paul is dead.
0: Hey, you take that back. <laughs> So what if we're thinking now, everyone knows about Area 51, even if we don't find out what he did there? Can't we get a copy of his employment records or something like that? Well, funny and rather conveniently, Lazar says that much like his education records, wouldn't you know it, they've been erased too. But this story has drawn huge media attention, controversy, supporters and haters, myself being one. So. What do you think right now? Does Lazar give you good reason to believe his story of alien life and technology? And that question is kinda rhetorical because now I've got one little bit to add for you, Jordan. So let's look at another part of Lazar's life. One which may not be so well known, or at least talked about. And with this, I'm not saying that this completely disproves his claims, and I'm not judging him or his actions, but for me, after reading this, it does seem more like the work of an intelligent, confident scammer. A con man, about to make some money, and pull the otherworldly wool over all of our eyes. Have you got any f***ing clue where I'm going with this, Jordan?
1: I think you're going to do a full 180, and (laughs) say, you know what? f*** it, convinced me
0: (laughs) nice try, in no chronological order, in 2017 Lazar's workplace underwent a raid by the FBI and the local police under the pretext of searching for thallium sulfate, a poison that had been linked to a mysterious death, Lazar suspects that this was a cover up to seize element 115, he allegedly took from a government lab, however records obtained via the Freedom of Information Act showed that the raid was part of a murder investigation focusing on whether Lazar's company sold Thallium to a murder suspect in Michigan and although Lazar was not a suspect, some believers think that the raid was there to try and find the element 115. When asked directly about possessing element 115, Lazar said, if I had some, would I reveal it to confirm my accounts? Absolutely not. Sounds like the words of a true truth speaker. Next criminal (laughs) offence... In 1990, Lazar faced charges for aiding and abetting a prostitution ring, which was later reduced to felony pandering, to which he pleaded guilty. As part of his sentence, he was required to complete 150 hours of community service, stay clear of brothels, and undergo psychotherapy. Oh, wow. So, uh, how are you feeling about him now, Jordan? I mean, we all have skeletons in the closet. And another for you. (laughs) In 2006, Lazar and his wife, Joy White, faced charges of violating the Federal Hazardous Substances Act by shipping chemicals across state lines. The charges originated from a 2003 raid on United Nuclear's business offices during which chemical sales records were scrutinised. United Nuclear admitted guilt to three criminal counts... Related to introducing banned and hazardous substances into international commerce, they were fined $7,500 for selling chemicals and components used to make illegal fireworks.
1: So, okay, as a finishing off at your end then, I'm assuming, with very little assumption, that you do not believe a word.
0: Uh, I do not believe a word. No, not at all. Uh, Watching him talk to Joe Rogan just seemed... Like he was making it up as he was going along. It's like he's got a narrative in his head. He'd be asked a question, he'd have to think... Uh, yeah, he'd stop, look close his eyes, go, yeah, right. And then, he, and then he'd tell his story. And then Joe would say something that might take him off guard. He'd be like, oh, well, actually, yeah, I, I, I just have to backtrack about that bit first. And then and then tell you something else. So it's, it's like there's not one coherent narrative through the story. If it was true, he'd just be able to answer straight away.
1: It's funny you say that, actually, because there's so many people that say his narrative remains the same even after all these years. So there's actually very few inconsistencies.
0: No, not inconsistencies just the fact that he has to try and remember what he said. So he might have a script. Right. And then if someone asks him a question that maybe is differently worded than he's had before, or, you know, might add a little bit extra information from what he said before. If he's had, like, say the same 10 questions, and then somebody adds one on, he might have to then go, right, how does that fit in? Okay, (laughs) right, right, uh, I'll stick that, yeah, okay, right, yeah. And And then he'll say what he says.
1: Got you. Okay. I mean, this is going against my thought now, but um, on the Joe Rogan appearance, yep. I found it a little bit annoying how he maybe conveniently had a migraine coming.
0: Oh, have, have I swayed you, Jordan? Are you on my side? You're starting to remember all these little things. <laughs> Your idol has fallen. The curtain has been revealed. Jordan has seen the light. I wouldn't go that far. Bob Lazar's a ball bag. <laughs> A lying ball bag. (laughs) Bobbler (laughs) bag.
1: No, I mean right i'm totally on the fence about it i sort of am swaying to believing it and possibly that's just naively thinking that i could imagine this being true i can't but there are some interesting things though i i find that i guess the difficulty is that it's so hard to prove or disprove very true and that's like anything in this field
0: absolutely yeah most definitely my main thing about this which makes me fall firmly off of that fence straight into the non-believing side is the fact that we hear so many stories about men in black silencing people who do this sort of thing so, why didn't they kill him years ago? Well, I assume he
1: kind of went public because of that, and that if something did happen to him and he mysteriously disappeared, or, you know, ended up dead, then that kind of then would begin to prove his point, I guess.
0: Well, uh, it would have stopped him coming out with a lot more stuff, I think, through the years. And, you know, had they done it, they could have just had a plausible deniability. But like, it wasn't us. He's was just f***ing nutted. Look, at his criminal record. He had ties with criminals. Maybe there's something to do with that? Eh, I suppose. But, I mean, alas, he's still around now. Exactly, that's my point. So they can't be that clever. (laughs) Or maybe they're just going, what a f***ing job! we'll just let him do his thing, whatever. (laughs) I mean, he's making money off it, you know, he's now teamed up with Jeremy Corbell, which I feel is a bit weird, because I thought he was a bit smarter than that. But, you know, he's making his appearances, he's releasing books, documentaries, he's making his money. It's just like the perfect crime for him, because he can just make up this story, no one can disprove it, no one can prove it, he can just keep saying his narrative, and he just keeps making money. That's, you know, what people do. And if this is the way he wants to do it, by deceiving the entire world, then, you know, whatever. He can do his thing. But I ain't gonna buy his fucking documentary or his book. <laughs> you can gonna ask for a refund now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending all 500 back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, a couple of things that you didn't mention that I made a couple of notes of as well. Just small details.
0: Mm-hmm. Just to shield myself from this bullock, so I'm just going to take my headphones off while you talk. Is that all right? Fine, yeah, that's all right. I'm just going to have a little nap. <laughs>
1: So, the S4 section of Area 51, where apparently Lazar, as we know, worked, Mm. he said that they had, he described it as a biometric hand bone scanner, Mm. which essentially is like an ID palm scanner, sort of like x-rays your hand, and apparently that was used as a security feature to actually enter S4, and that later became a true fact. Okay. That is indeed a thing that is used. Have you ever seen Star Trek?
0: Have you ever watched The Simpsons? What's that? (laughs) Never heard of it. (laughs) Tons of things that have been on Star Trek and The Simpsons, you know, which wasn't available or even around at the time, have been brought to reality. So him just going, they had a hand (laughs) scanner.
1: Yeah, good one, pal. Yeah, okay. I just find it fascinating, and I find it a very interesting pondering point.
0: You have to think, if he was getting this job in the 80s, so he was born right around the sort of flying saucer fever. They were massive on TV, and, and Roswell was just a few years, you know, like 10 years before, and, and sort of flying saucers were like really big at the time, really popular, and there was these sorts of things that people would think were like futuristic technology, so these sorts of things wouldn't have been outside of his zeitgeist, really. Yeah. So... For him to sort of think, you know, we had this, you know, that's a futuristic technology, that'll prove my point. They had a hand scanner. <laughs> for- Fucking hell, you're right.
1: <laughs> Thank you! It is real. Oh, were, I'll take down my fanfare. <laughs> yeah, a couple of things. So he had a lab partner called Barry, mm-hmm. and this was the buddy system as he describes it, a bit like what you were saying, where they totally remove everyone from working from different departments with each other. Yeah. Just to preserve the, I guess, the Secrecy. secrecy. Yeah. And Lazar does mention that Barry kind of hinted that the previous lab partner that he had died, actually, as a result of messing with the anti-propulsion device mm-hmm. and messing with Element 115. And in regards to the craft itself, again, there's nothing to be proven or disproven in this. I just found it very interesting. Right. And if nobody is too familiar with Bob Lazar and the things he said, just interesting, if nothing else.
0: I'm glad you said that there's nothing to be taken, like you know, proof or otherwise in this, because you just, like, completely diffused a massive rant. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, like I'm not saying this is like. Oh yeah, let me line up all these bottles
0: for you to shoot down. (laughs) Well, listen to this, Ian. He had a lab partner called Barry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh sh. What? (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's just a few details you didn't mention. So yeah, no, that's cool. (laughs) And the other thing that you didn't touch on at all were his marital issues, where it really interfered with his involvement at S4, Mm -hmm. allegedly. So, on my notes here, I've put Lazar towards the end of his stint at S4 had a breakdown in his relationship with his wife. She knew he was working there, but was in the dark over what he was working on, as it was obviously highly confidential. Mm. And as part of the security clearance, he gave his written permission to have his phones and communications monitored by the government. Right. Lazar would also receive calls at all times of the day, even at 11 pm at night when he would receive a call saying, the time is now 2,300 hours. We will need you to be at wherever by 2340 or, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah. and hang up. And he would have to go. So obviously that would have been a bit of a breakdown in your marriage because you can't really tell your wife why <laughs> you're having to leave at midnight. But So not only did he have to give this clearance for his phones being tapped, without his wife's knowledge, by the way... So she didn't know that this was the case. Disgusting. He had to basically also have a stable home life mm-hmm. to be able to work there. So unbeknownst to Lazar, his wife later began to have an affair... What? ...that he later found out... With Barry! <laughs> well, ironically, it was with a flight instructor, which I thought was hilarious. Dun-dun-dun, <laughs> So, yeah, she was having an affair, which he later found out, but at the time didn't know, and the government knew about the affair, yeah. he didn't.
0: Because so, her phone was tapped.
1: Yes. Convenient. And so because of that, they saw him being in a bit of an unstable relationship, and could be maybe more volatile, so it's at that point they started restricting his visits to the base.
0: Ah, yeah, because he's never going to tell anyone about anything he's already seen, obviously. Well,
1: apparently he started getting followed, and with him not really attending the base anymore, he thought thought, well, if they're getting rid of me, then I'm fearing for my life now. Hmm. So that's when he started coming out with things and because he knew the flight schedule for when they did these sort of test flights on an evening, he got him and some friends to view the flight and they saw it happen. And anyway, I think they went either another time or another few times, got a little bit cocky and got found out. Right. (laughs) And I'm sure, if I remember correctly, this isn't in my notes, but just from memory, so they were in the pitch black and they could hear Something and it turns out it was could... Barry
0: with two machetes <laughs> running through the desert. <laughs>
1: And the flight instructor. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out that it was one of the guy's night vision scopes that had fallen. Oh. And and they were essentially surrounded by armed military. And I think that's where his supposed involvement with S4 stopped. Mm -hmm. So that was a little bit of extra detail there. Beautiful. As far as I'm aware, I don't think him and his wife stuck around.
0: No, yeah, I can imagine they probably wouldn't do. They probably, you know, just jumped on that extraterrestrial saucer and just off to venus <laughs> makes perfect sense a little spa day out hey eh? why not yeah
1: absolutely so again yeah that's not at all to make you not to try and sway me exactly but just to add a little bit more information to anyone that isn't familiar with the bob lazar story because i just find it really fascinating
0: it is it much like reading alice in wonderland you know that's, that's pretty fantastical as well all, all very interesting made-up stories <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> no, yeah. I was watching the Bob Lazar podcast last night when he was on it, and about 40 minutes in, I was just like, I cannot watch this anymore.
1: That's why you missed all the true shit. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Now <laughs> Ian's gone. <laughs> well, what it was, was like, there was one bit... I remember hearing this information recently. Like, if you want to catch someone out in a lie, if you say something to them, that like you ask them a question, and they're telling a lie, but you stay silent after they finish... They will then carry on talking as if they're trying to fill in the space, like trying to convince you. I get you. Joe Rogan said something to him. He responded. Joe didn't say anything. And then he just carried on talking. And I was just like, this guy is just f***ing lying. I just don't believe him at all. Fair enough. I wanted to because it's such a fantastical story. And it's so interesting. Uh, I've never really looked into him before. But yeah, my my first foray into Big Lion Bob Lazar (laughs) has turned up. Eggy You normally like a few eggs, unless they're in a quiche. <laughs> <laughs> unless they're cold and old and covered in bacon, yeah.
1: I mean, fair enough that you feel that way, to be honest with you. But I don't know, I'm still a little bit on the fence. I think I want to believe it because I love the idea of that being true. Mm-hmm. But I mean that's really all that I'm riding on. But are
0: you familiar with the Roswell story? Uh yeah. Very familiar? Like do you know do you know it intimately I mean, back and forth? M- no. Right. I would believe that story a lot more than this one.
1: Okay. I don't disbelieve that either.
0: Yeah, you do. You told me last night you were like, that f***ing Roswell, mate. Oh, the bollocks. <laughs> Bob Lazar, on the other hand, truth teller. He's a saint. Yeah. Couldn't say a word of a lie. Perfect. <laughs> but I didn't ever really want to talk about Roswell because it's been done a million thousand times. But it might be interesting to tell our rendition of it. So I might do that at some point. In fact, anyone at home, if they want to hear me talk about Roswell, even though it's been done a thousand times, email in to twoguyswhatsup at gmail.com. Tell me if you want to hear it. Tell me what you think about Bob Lazar. Tell Jordan he's wrong for siding with that lying...
1: And for what it's worth, I really want to hear about Roswell
0: and your take on it,
1: so I'll just use my 60 emails just to (laughs) say, yeah, please do.
0: You got it, pal. In fact, don't even bother with emails. You've done it. (laughs) You've told me. (laughs) Uh, I'll add it to my list of things to talk about. It might not be in the future. It's not going to be in the fucking past. (laughs) Or the near future. It will definitely be in the future. But yeah, uh, anything else to add? Uh, No,
1: I think that was a very comprehensive discussion there. A little different today, but I quite enjoyed it.
0: Absolutely, yeah, very much enjoyed that. A little bit of a different from the norm. We've run very long. I don't want to edit this, do you?
1: <laughs> I don't, but, I mean, one of us is going to have
0: to. We'll send it to Bobby. He's <laughs> out of work at the
1: moment. Actually, he's quite busy with old podcasts.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, actually, I think he's 65 now, so I think he's getting a bit sick of him, probably, having to, you know, remember the script. It's like an actor that only does one job.
1: But apparently with less conviction than an actor.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know it, buddy. <laughs> so does that about bring us around to the end of today's discussion, then, Jordan? I think it does, Ian. Fantastic. Fantastical news! Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Two Guys What's Up. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to us so you don't miss another episode and maybe even tell a friend. Take your friend to S4. Have a little walk around. Touch some reactors and tell us what it does for real because even if they're there, to be honest, I don't know if they're there. Just plug in Two Guys What's Up into your auxiliary bit for your phone. Unless you've got Apple CarPlay. You can stick it on that, you know. We're not fussy. However you want to listen to us. Just, I've, I've lost the point of what I'm trying to say here, John. <laughs>
1: Well, listeners, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our Linktree link is in the bio of this episode, which you can click on and will be jetted off to every link you will ever need for all your two guys' WhatsApp essentials. Want to create your own anti-gravity
0: device? Click the link! Want to meet your new lab partner named Barry, who will eventually sleep with your wife and come chase you in the middle of the desert? Click the link! (laughs)
1: want to smuggle out your own bit of element 15 <laughs> <laughs>
0: lick that link. I sound get Barry on you and don't forget, we now have a Patreon where you can find all of your Two Guys What's Up extra essentials, including pin badges, shout-outs, t-shirts, and if you really can't get enough of our fantastic tales and gorgeous voices, well, you can get more because we now release bonus episodes which come out on the last Friday of every month. There is currently eight, yes eight, sitting up there, waiting for you to just go and have a little good old gobble down with your ears, and that is all available right now, starting with the bonus episodes, but just £3 a month.
1: So if you want to help support the show and get some cool stuff while you do so head over to patreon.com forward slash two guys what's up to check out all the goodies over there the link will be down below for your little click pleasure
0: but if you can't do that but you still like to help us out then there are two fantastic free ways you can do that for us one is giving us a five-star rating and review in your podcast app of choice and the second is to just spread the word around I think that's what I was trying to say earlier tell your friends about us tell your friends tell your family take them on the road trip Trip. Put them on your car Hold your friends at, at nerf point <laughs>
1: <laughs> If that won't do it, nothing
0: will <laughs> But on that note Thanks for listening guys You'll have an amazing week And we will see you next Monday S- Bye S-4. Sorry um, I tr- <laughs> I've just uh, remembered. This is uh, that was meant to lead into my end bit. Okay, is that all right?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You will be.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like it when you make that noise. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs>